This episode of 11 Point Collar is brought to you by Practice, 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 and Weirdos Like You. It's 11 Point Collar, hosted by J.D. Frog Scout Hansel. Hi-ho, Muppet fans, and welcome back to a more regular episode of 11 Point Collar. I know last time it was a little odd for me to throw away the opening theme and the closing theme and everything structural about this show, but I really felt the need to make that point about the Fraggle movie. So if you haven't listened to show number 62, I highly recommend that you do so because it's really short and will help you understand why I really don't want to see the Fraggle movie get made with the proposed concept. Also, if you missed my latest Puppet Rants, I suggest you take a look at that as well, and I started a new article series called Puppet Dreamcast, in which I cast well-known puppet characters as roles in books, movies, plays, TV shows, etc. This is, of course, all stuff I've been doing on the side, while my main focus has been the 2015 Muppet Madness Tournament! I hope you all had fun voting in that. I know it was really fun for me, aside from the parts when Taminella lost, and then Constantine lost, and then so many characters I love lost, but uh, that's just the nature of the beast. Besides, the real fun part was torturing all of you with the cards that Steve and I came up with. If you want to know about some cards that did not get used, we had a card that would take points from all the furry Muppets, a card that would uh, bring back past tournament champions, a card which has Animal growing to a giant size like he did in the Muppet movie to scare the villains away, so the villains would all lose points, uh, and then a card that takes points away from all the Disney Muppets. A few of those unused cards are available to view over on Muppet Hub's tournament page at MuppetHub.com tournament, which I will still keep available to view at that address, but very soon uh, it will come off the menu bar. Since I haven't really had much of a chance to talk about, you know, my honest thoughts on the tournament that takes... Uh, I haven't been able to talk about this outside of the world in which Steve is trapped in a hotel room. So in the reality in which Steve uh, was just recording in his... I think it's a new house or new apartment, something like that, which is why it had a different, um, well, different sound conditioning, or really a lack of sound conditioning. And because the room had a different sound to it, he thought it would be fun to do the uh, hotel, or not hotel, trapped in the casino idea. And also because he wanted some excuse to do the cards, and he wanted to use a story to make it interesting. He had a lot of uh, fascinating ideas for this tournament. And, um, well, the playing cards idea initially really scared me. I was very worried that people would not see the tournament as a game, but rather as a sort of political election. If you play a lot of board games and card games, you know that luck and chance are big factors that can really change the game around, and that's okay. I think Steve actually had a particular game in mind that this year's tournament was kind of modeled after, but I'm not too sure about that, you'll have to ask him. Um, but if people were thinking along the lines of an election, and they thought that having the exact number of votes really mattered because that was the point of the tournament, then people were going to be really mad about the cards because they weren't looking at it as just a game. So that was my concern. But then, once we started thinking of ideas for cards, I guess I got a little carried away and I thought of the Crazy Harry card, the card that would make all the points go away and then you'd have to start over again. And I was pretty darn sure that as soon as I pitched it, Steve was going to shoot it down. And, um... Well, he was tempted to. If memory serves, when he first saw it, he just laughed and laughed, and then the terror kind of hit him, and he had no idea what to do with this card, because it's so big and powerful and scary. So, as we were going through the list, 
of all the ideas that we'd had for cards, or at least all the ideas that we were keeping, the ones we thought were the best. Um, and we were just kind of discussing them to weed them down to the final few that we were actually going to make. Uh, we got down to that card, and he's like, no, I'm still not ready to talk about this. So we just kept moving on, and then finally we had discussed all of the cards but that one. And it came down to decision time, and he said, you know what? Screw it, we're doing it. And I'm like, really? You sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got an idea. And his idea was rather than making it one of the cards that would normally be played uh, just whenever if it came up it was going to be a special card that was reserved to the end and it would be played in the final round which I wasn't sure if that was going to make it better or worse for people because I thought that might make people well I don't know I just uh, that that was the card that scared me because I knew that was probably going to be the most upsetting and it was certainly the most daring card but I think it made for a very epic ending that did throw everybody off, and it made the end of the tournament a bigger deal. So, in the end, I think I'm glad we did it, and as a few people pointed out, it didn't make that big of a difference anyway, because the numbers were about the same. But I do feel really bad for people who were actually voting, like, every five minutes, only to see all those votes go away. For you people, I am very, very, very sorry, but I have a special present for you. I have some amazing audio to share with you in this episode, which I will get to in just a moment. But first, we have to do the housekeeping stuff. So, you can find all of Muppet Hub's productions at wherelsemuppethub.com. The email address is now me, M-E, at muppethub.com. It was... It, I, I'm not trying to copy Steve or anything, of course. It's just, you know, I, I wanted to fit in when we were on the show and... Well, anyway. The Facebook page is muppethub.com slash Facebook, or if you prefer, facebook.com slash jd11pc, that still works. You can follow me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and now Reddit at the username jd11pc, uh, that's jd11pc. So, now that that's out of the way, I can move on to what this show is really about, Jim Henson's Musical World. From the Muppet Wiki. Jim Henson's Musical World was a Carnegie Hall concert performed twice on April 14, 2012. The New York Pops were joined by special guests John Tartaglia and Essential Voices USA under the direction of Stephen Rinecke. I hope that's how you pronounce that. The show was conceived by Tartaglia and written by Craig Shemin. The Muppets were there, as in Disney's Muppets, so you got Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, Beauregard, Scooter, Gonzo, Dr. Teeth, Rock the Dog, Floyd Pepper, Janice, Zoot, Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew, Beaker, Menomina, The Snouts, Statler, and Waldorf. Pretty much the whole Muppet gang was there. And from Sesame Street, there were Bert, Ernie, Elmo, Cookie Monster, and many of the human cast members, as well as some Fraggles, Red, Wembley, and Traveling Matt, and some of the, well, they're not the stars of Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas, but they're, they're more or less background characters from Emma Daughter, but it's still cool that they were there. It's a really big deal. Huge concert, and we weren't supposed to record it. Well, they were really only looking for people with cameras taking pictures or video cameras. They weren't really looking for me with a phone face down on my lap recording all the audio. So I have all the audio. But the thing is, it's not the best quality. You don't pick up everything. And you can hear a lot of my own voice in it, which is really embarrassing because I sound terrible. This was three years ago. I was much younger. My voice was higher. It really annoys me. So I'm a little embarrassed to share this with you, but I'm going to share it anyway. And I will probably be mixing it in with 
uh, some other audio from the event that I can find in videos online, and I will also do some explaining so that you know what's going on on stage that's visible, because if you just have the audio, this will probably be a really confusing show. So, without further rambling, let's jump right into Jim Henson's musical work. To start off, they played a clip of Rolf the Dog and Jimmy Dean at Carnegie Hall from the Jimmy Dean Show, in which Rolf does a gypsy dance for some reason. when the clip ended, that's when the real Ralph the Dog came out to open the show. Thank <laughs> you. 
great pleasure to introduce Maestro Stephen Reineke. Naturally, it didn't take long before Statler and Waldorf were up in the balcony heckling.
And up on the screen, we see John Tartaglia wearing, I think, rubber ducky pajamas, if memory serves, and he's in bed. John Tartaglia comes on stage and he rips off his pajamas to reveal his suit and tie. Then he leads us all in singing the song, well, sing. It's at this time that you can hear my singing voice and it's really loud and it's really bad and I can't edit it out and I'm worried that it's not good enough for anyone else to hear. So my solution to this is for you, the listener, to just sing louder. Seriously, everyone there was singing really loudly, so... John tells you to sing, so you're going to do this. You're going to sing along. It's obligatory. You have to do it. Now.
someday working for the Muppets. And when I was a teenager, I even had a job dancing and singing along to all the great Muppet music at Sesame Place. Anyone here been to Sesame Place? In Jim's earliest television appearances, the Muppets used to lip sync to pre recorded music. Yeah, so today, what are we going to talk about? Yes, Yes, Stephen. Ms. Vaughn, you did tell all of our other special guests that the concert was today, right? Yes. Of course I did, Stephen. Everyone's going to be here right on time. Don't worry about it. Alright, great. Go on, tell the rest of the people more about the show. And excuse me, I got to use the little conductor stroke. I think you can figure out who just showed up on stage.
As Jim used to say, life is basically good. People are basically good. Is that all for Yes, my Bears and frogs and pigs and chickens and things. And Jim Henson loved music, and all of the songs we're performing today are part of his world. To go get the rest of the Muppets. Go get the rest of the Muppets and bring them here. Yes, sir. Pulls a supposedly random violinist out of the orchestra.
Jim heads to the concert.
Exit Fraggles, enter Pig. By the way, is where SNL star Rachel Dratch comes in playing the role of the manager of Carnegie Hall. Sing what you sing, follow you and sing after 
time the human cast of Sesame Street comes out and a lot of them were there. There was Bob and Susan and Gordon and Alan and Leela and Gina. Shortly after Bert and Ernie and Elmo and Cookie Monster popped up on stage. And at this point, I'm just sort of kind of doing something of a filibuster because I don't want you to hear the bad singing that's going on right now. I mean, I'm singing very, very bad. In fact, I've gone to such great lengths to edit it out that I grabbed the original Sesame Street theme song from their Greatest Hits album and mixed it in a couple seconds ago if you heard it. Please sing louder than me.
Will you make me 
sisters in favor of the youth in favor of mine. When the mountain touches the valley, all the clouds are taught to fly. Thus our souls will leave this land most peacefully. Though our minds be filled with questions, in our hearts filled with sand, when the river meets the sea. Like a flower that has blossomed in the dry and barren sand, we are born, then born again, most gracefully.
Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt this, you know, emotional moment or anything, but during this number, uh, they are joined by uh, Kermit and then Gonzo and then the rest of the Muppets start coming in, Scooter and Rolf and Dr. Teeth and Floyd and Janice and Zoot and Bunsen and Beaker and Beauregard. It's sort of in the style of, uh, of Jim Henson's memorial service and it's very touching and I'm filibustering again. Sorry!
song written by Collins and Kenny Asher. Paul, take a minute. There's so many songs about rainbows. What's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and sung. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> of Jim Henson's musical world. At that point, the Muppeteers came out and took their bows, and it was great, but I had to run out so that I could go hang out outside the, well, backside of Carnegie Hall. It wasn't backstage per se, but it was behind backstage, and a bunch of us waited for the Muppeteers, and um, 
a lot of the Muppet performers came out to say hi. They were doing pictures and autographs and all kinds of great stuff. It was very nice of them. Uh, the human cast of Sesame Street came out too. Steve Whitmire didn't show up, so he's, um, he's on my list. I'm going to get him someday. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. This has been a lot of fun, and by that I mean this has been several, 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 several hours of hard work. And you could argue it's been a show that's three years in the making. Still, I'm very proud of this. I'm so glad that I got to share this with you. I hope this doesn't get taken down due to uh, copyright problems or something like that. But even if it does, you can tune in next time right here on MuppetHub.com to 11 Point Collar. And until next time, waka waka, wubba wubba, and weeba weeba. Okay, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Practice. Ah, wrong! That's how you get to Carnegie Hall!